right. Welcome back, everybody, to episode two of 162, brought to you by Herd Pods. Happy Jackie Robinson today, Tony. Uh, how's it going? Are you are you shocked that we're here for episode two? Are you shocked that we're back for a second yeah, episode? I, once you do episode two, and especially once you have like a logo and it looks as official as it does now, it, it kind of means they're like all in. Yep. Yeah. So that's exciting. But also having done a podcast and doing a podcast and knowing what it takes to kind of like keep that going. I'm also kind of nervous that like yeah. we're all in on this. So <laughs> yeah. excited, but excited, but nervous. I don't feel like I know exactly what I'm getting into, even though I have already gone through this process before. Yeah, me either. And and this is technically what I do for, for money. Uh, so that's a, that's a scary thought. But yeah, I'm a little bit shocked we're here, but glad happy that we are. Obviously, it's Jackie Robinson Day. Uh, cool to see some of that. I'm sure we'll get into some of that uh, today on the podcast. Uh, also, we have a name for, for those of you who listened to episode one, which by the way, thank you to the 419-ish <laughs> people. <laughs> <laughs> who tuned in episode one shocked that many of you watched, but, but happy to have you. And uh, 162 is now the name of this podcast. Uh, Prophecy. There were Tony a couple Tony. others that were really potentials that yeah. we really liked, but inappropriate at times, but still right, some, right. some nice suggestions. 162 is dirty though. That's a great, yeah, like that's it. a great name. Uh, depending on how many, see if we keep getting 419s, It'll probably just stay like this. And then if we start boosting those numbers, some merch is coming real quick. I I, oh, I just yeah. feel that coming for sure. So anyway, when's I'm the next collective bar- when's the next collective bargaining agreement? I'm just waiting just for it to be like next hitting. year, and then yeah. and then they change the number of games that they play, and our name That's becomes rendered useless. That's but vintage. I just think that part of yeah, 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 but then it's vintage. Uh, on today's episode, we do a midweek roundup before being joined by the king of fantasy sports at Drew Bayless. When, when Drew comes on, he's going to talk a little bit about how his uh, love affair with baseball began, what it's like playing in a high stakes league with one Gary V uh, and how he's done in that league the past several seasons. And he's also going to share his top fantasy tip. So if you're watching now, or if you're listening to this later, uh, I really encourage you to stay tuned until Drew comes on this guy. I, he, I'm not sure you'll see as soon as he comes on, it's hard to really describe his ability to be able to predict things. He just has a weird knack. Uh, if you want the receipts, go check out his Twitter. It's insane. Uh, he's a weird knack for being able to predict sports in general, football a lot, but baseball is really where his, he, he shines. And uh, so we're going to take advantage of that here on the show in just a little bit. But before we do that, our, we're going to do segments because this is a podcast is a real thing. We're, you know, we're a big league show. We got to act like a big league organization. So we're going to do some segments. Our first segment is since the last time here on 162. Um, Tony, tell us the notable stories that happened in the NL since last time we did this. I feel a little bit bad because you left off so excited when we finished the other night and then the Phillies proceeded oh, to go out and yeah, just get swept by the Mets. So there's that the first one. Um <laughs> Brace today winning in exciting fashion against the Mar- Marlins with a walk-off. Scored two in the ninth to beat the Fish. Uh, Swanson was a f- winning hit. Fittingly, Acuna. I like to say it imp- improperly. Um, Acuna. That, if anybody watched. Yeah, Acuna. Uh, finished uh, finished things off with the winning run. Dude, I saw seven home runs in the first 13 games. It's just unbelievable. Ludicrous. And three stolen slug- bases. Yeah. And, uh, he's slugging like a 1,000. It's ludicrous. Uh, the most home runs in the first 13 games. So what happened? You you seem to miss. Did anything happen prior to the Braves winning today? Anything 
in the series? Uh, they or... gave up a couple runs, but at the end of the day, a win's a win and a loss right. is a loss. And I was more referring to the three games they lost consecutively previously, but we don't have to talk five, about that. It's fine. Five and eight looks a whole lot better than even like four and eight and definitely four and nine. That's true. So, that's true. I'm, I'm glad that uh, Yadi Molina plays his 2000th game as a Cardinals catcher. As a former catcher myself, uh, that's quite impressive. Impressive, though, more for me, you get 150 reps a game. That's 300,000 squats over the course wow. of 2,000 games. So best wishes and a speedy recovery to Yachty on those future <laughs> knee replacement surgeries. And uh, I'll come back to Yachty. I have another stat for you, stat of the day, which is another segment that we're completely ripping off from somebody else. And okay. uh, we, can, we can talk more about that a little bit later on. We have no original ideas. It's just like everybody that. else's shows. And so yeah, we'll match together. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So. Good. All right, moving over to the AL. Let's start with the story of the week that went last went down last night in Chicago. Carlos Rodon, I believe his name is. Uh, Drew can correct me. It was one big toe away from a perfect game. And I thought uh, the whole thing was awesome, but specifically, and normally I don't notice these types of things. I'm not an announcer guy, uh, but, but uh, Steve Stone really did a good job, I felt like, with that particular call and uh, – and said it perfectly when, as soon as it happened, he said he was one shoelace away from perfection. I really enjoyed that. The Yankees continued their slide downwards after showing some life to begin the week. The Bombers dropped two of threes from the Buff Jays, thanks to a walk-off homer from potentially the best right-handed swing in baseball, Flo Bichette. Uh, and now the Yanks have to head into back-to-back series with the Rays and then the Braves. So not a great start for the boys in blue, uh, especially considering how the rest of their division has been performing. And speaking of the rest of the division, the Red Sox, they did win, they did lose today, but prior to that, won nine straight, which is unfortunate. Their lineup is an absolute buzzsaw right now. Uh, guys like Verdugo, J.D. Martinez are, are really playing well. And they're getting enough pitching from, uh, you know, a star of my fantasy team, Nate Evaldi, also former Phillies great Jake Pavetta. Um, but I think the biggest story here has to be the impact of Alex Cora. Obviously, they had they had a, a, a you know a corpse managing their team last year in Ron Renicky, and uh, Cora has just been able to bring them some juice. So uh, exciting, exciting few days in the AL side of things. First team for in Major League history to get swept in the opening weekend. And then win nine in a row. It's pretty much a meaningless, useless stat, but still kind of. Uh, <laughs> it's a good baseball win, stat. Probably, yeah, win a contest somewhere about that. I also don't feel like we give enough credit, again, catcher wise, to the catchers who catch the no hitter games. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach Collins, I think it was, that caught the no hitter, which this is where I bring in my Yachty Molina stat. In okay. 2000 games, he's never caught a no hitter. This dude was in his 16th major league game and caught a no hitter. So I don't but know see, really again what the are. I mean, I think that means it's luck because Yachty Possibly. knows what he's doing behind the plate. Uh, I did think it was cool that the Padres know, no, this is last week now, Caratini, you know, he came over with you and then comes to the Padres and helps helps them get their first ever in franchise history. So, yeah. I have a cool. trivia question for you and Drew. Okay, well, let's bring him on before that because I'm not going to get it right probably. All right. So to start things out, well, go ahead and introduce Drew and then I, I have a, I have a uh, trivia question for the two of you. All right, what's up, Drew? Hey guys, how you doing? Good, good. Thanks for coming on. Uh, I want to get into to your background. Nice. I like that you put the crown in your in your title. Uh, <laughs> but before we do, what's your what's your trivia question, Tone? All right. So I feel like the 
Indians and the Braves are constantly getting no hit. Okay. Which made me think, what is the team that has the most no hitters thrown oh, against? Geez. Any thoughts with this? Any guesses with this, Drew? Yeah, it's funny because for in kind of the early part of the decade in the 2010s, I remember, I feel like it happened to the Rays a lot. Like, I'm pretty sure Mark Burley's perfect game was against the Rays. I'm pretty sure, if I'm thinking right, I think Dallas Braden, when he was on the A's, might have thrown one against the Rays. So I, I re- I'm really tempted to say the Rays. I think the only flaw in that answer is that if we're just going back, like, throughout the history of baseball, they just haven't been around that long. So so it's probably not the right answer, but because it was my first instinct, I'm just going to throw the Rays out there with that logic. You want to guess, Adam? Uh, the fact that you're bringing it up makes me feel like it's the Phillies because, <laughs> because of how long we've been around. And, yeah, it is. Okay. The winners are the Philadelphia Phillies. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, though, the Dodgers, the Dodgers are tied. So both of them have done 19. And, again, to help you make you feel them even better, the Braves have been no-hit 17 times. So it's very okay. close. But, yeah, it's it's those three teams. I, I Which three, that. historically, some of the three better teams in professional baseball. So don't feel too bad about yourself. The mm-hmm. last time I remember it happened to the Phillies off the top of my head, I think was, was Beckett, I think, in 2014, might have thrown one. I think it was, like, Memorial Day weekend and it's crazy that it hasn't happened since because there's been some bad phillies teams since yeah that's the first <laughs> one off the top of my head yeah i'm shocked gabe's teams never got no hit uh but we do have drew bayless on uh thanks for joining us drew obviously here second episode of 162 um super excited to have you on and specifically wanted to have you on because of obviously your history uh, with fantasy and, and being able to make these crazy predictions but before we get into some of that and the leagues that you play in I think what we're going to try to do when we have guests on is just find out a little bit about your, your relationship with baseball and kind of how, how you initially fell in love with it. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate you guys having me on. I think it's a, it's a good day. Any day where you're supposed to be facing Jacob DeGrom and about to be swept and then the weather prevents you from, from doing that. Uh, you, uh, you chalk that up as a, as a win. Um, yeah, I think my, uh, my story with uh, my story with baseball Really, I grew up uh, outside Philly. Uh, my uh, my dad was a vendor at the vet uh, when it first oh. opened, uh, basically during like the summer in college, and I think even um, maybe high school a little bit. And he uh, he didn't force it on me by any means. He didn't force baseball. He didn't force the fandom on me. But I remember when he took me to um, to my fir- to my first game. Um, and you know, I just, I saw the, you know, that veteran stadium, like AstroTurf, like diamond for the first time. And like, little did I know that it was one of the worst stadiums in the league, but like, you know, I was six years, I was five, six years old. And I thought it was like the most beautiful thing, um, in the world. Um, and Darren, first game I ever went to, uh, Darren Dalton, I think it was his, um, final season as a, um, Philly, I think it was the season they actually got traded to the Marlins and then when, and then when the Marlins went on to, um, to win the World Series, uh, he hit a walk-off home run in the oh, wow. uh, 10th inning. It was a game against mm-hmm. the Rockies. I think Phillies were down to their final out, down 4-3. And I remember my dad said to me, I think it was like 10-11 at night, and he's like, if it gets to 10-15, like, I think we're going to leave. And like, I didn't know any better at the time. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very, you know, anti-leave games early, you know, now that <laughs> sure. I know what, what's going on. But he hit, he hit a bomb um, – over the right field wall 
at Veterans Stadium, and uh, and I was and I was hooked. And then obviously you had, um, you know, obviously first, you know, a couple of years of fandom, they were awful. And then you had kind of the Ed Wade teams that got like close, but, you know, could never mm-hmm. break through. And I was actually thinking about this the other day when, um, when, uh, w- when we were talking and I'm really in a way thankful they won, you know, in a way when they did, because it was my, it was my senior year of high school. So it's kind of that time in your life, you know, where like, you're not a kid anymore, but you're not like an adult kind of thing. And I got to spend the day um, with just some like really good friends. Um, Tarbell, who you know from Twitter, who's one yep. of my best friends still um, to this day, but also just some other people and who I kind of knew growing up where, you know, you went to games with, talked about the games with. And I'm just, I'm, I'm really happy that, you know, I'm really happy in a way. I always say they should have won one more during that like 07 I mean, no question. run. But we can, you know, yeah. get into that plenty. But I'm really happy they won when when they did on a personal level. Yeah, that's cool that you got to experience that like that. Uh, I was in college already, um, so it wasn't quite the same. But it's still, you know, so meaningful. And like you said, if of those teams, that was probably one of the worst teams. I, I think of the the 08 to 11 uh, or 12 rosters um so the fact that they got it done against that you know against that uh race team was was enthralling but um so so that's how you got into it and then fantasy that that's become like its own thing i know you i don't know how much you want to talk about it but i, I know you you've got seven leagues you you do some of this for even you know in consulting type of things for other folks you're in this league with gary um so talk a little about that how did you get into that and and what's going on with those leagues yeah, the first um, the first season I started playing fantasy was uh, it was 2006. I think um, Carl Crawford was my uh, first ever draft pick. He was a uh, Ray at the time, and he was you know like like peak. Like I think I, off the top of my head, I think stole probably 45 bases. When it really started coming back um, to me on like a big level was when I joined um, when I joined uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's league in 2016 and that uh that is it that is like my white whale of (laughs) of fantasy of fantasy sports where it where i winning the league once like beyond i'll be beyond right behind like i was like a lot of like the serious stuff in life like you know wanting to like start a family with my wife and you know buy a house and like the health of my family and all i mean in terms of like personal goals like that's like that's right there. I think it's just, it's, it's the element of like, it's the element of like, you know, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, like now like you're in the club, like you have a championship, nobody can take it away, right, um, right. away from you. And yeah, I almost, I, I love all my leagues, but I feel like all my, like all my prep and all my work kind of starts with that league and then just kind of like funnels and like scales out um, from, from there. But yeah, that's really my, that's really my white whale that I've been chasing and knocking on the door. Um, and I, I, I just know when, I just know when it happens, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be sweet. Mm-hmm. So to give people context, this is Gary Vaynerchuk. We're talking about has a, a fantasy baseball league. How many years drew it's been going on now? Uh, this is my sixth year in it. There's people in the league who played forever um, where I I'd safely say at least 15 or so. It's changed over a little bit. We kind of reset it from scratch in 2019. But, um, you know, I 
I truly believe it's one of like, you know, if, if somebody were to make, you know, a list of the 10 best leagues in the country, I, I, it, it's in, it's in that, it's in that. Right. List. Right. Firmly. So it's a keeper league. You, you all have these deep, ro- I mean, people tank like it, it's, it's like running a, a, an organization, right? It's not like your normal, just roto uh, snake draft each year for, for the league. You said the, the draft takes like eight hours or something like that, right? Yeah, part of the reason the draft takes so long is because it's a, it's an auction where everybody in theory has a chance on every player. So it's not like snap. That's the draft pick. You know, if uh, when somebody like um, like, you know, Juan Soto or Mike Trout or someone originally in the original auction gets nominated, you know, there's probably 15 bids goes up to like 70 something dollars based on the settings. And it can take, you know, like three, four minutes alone just to auction a um, a player. But it's uh, it's awesome. It is the closest thing to feeling like a you know general manager that I think somebody can be without you know actually <laughs> being a general manager in uh, in baseball. Cool. And I know you've come close. You call it your white whale, though. So you haven't you haven't quite summited that league uh, without um, without jinxing a no no. How, how's it going so far this year for you? It's going, it's going well. I am in, I am in first place at the moment. I think we're on day 15 of like 186. <laughs> um, but um, I'm excited about my, I'm excited about my squad um, this year. And that's kind of the, and that's kind of the fun part about the league. Like there's guys that have been on my team a couple of years now. And it's like, it's not like, a, oh, I discovered him or like I saw him first, but someone like, Someone take like Lucas Giolito, um, for example, who I uh, do. I don't know how you guys feel about him. I, I love watching him pitch. You know, he he was coming off an awful 2018, and I just based on the prospect uh, pedigree and like the change of scenery from the Nationals to um, to the White Sox um, took him in, uh, got him like late in that auction, and wow. I uh, and I feel like I almost feel like it's like one of my like like kids like 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 prospering uh now a little bit so i've got an i've got a nice big three starting pitching of him uh nola you darvish obviously need a little more out of nola but i think yep. it should be there uh matthew boyd's been a nice surprise so far uh taiwan taiwan walker on the mets if anybody needs to hit the waiver wire he pitches at cores this weekend so i might hold off till next uh, matchup but he's looked pretty good so far really good strikeout rate so far and yeah i got um my big players on offense i got juan soto um and they basically teamed him up with uh manny machado and then just a um kind of nice balanced offense so i think you know i don't want to i don't want to jinx any i don't want to jinx anything either right, right. but i think we're I, I think it could be things could be happening we'll see solid year yeah yeah so bigger picture, you gave some of the guys that you have on your team, but maybe some tips, nuggets for listeners that are that are playing. Obviously, not in the level of league that you're in, but <laughs> is there is there anything like fantasy wise, whether it's like a steal or a pick that uh, maybe is going overlooked that you would give as maybe a suggestion for them? Yeah, absolutely. I know. I know this is going to sound like super like motivational speakery, but my like biggest advice is to like. Just, just do stuff. Like if you think, if you, if you're thinking like, oh, you know, I, this guy's like on the waiver wire and he's good. Like I kind of want to pick him up, but like I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to cut this guy. Like, like just, just do stuff because it, it's early. It's early in the season now. I'm not saying, you know, obviously people aren't. You're not going to cut Trevor Story or Francisco Lindor or guys who are off to slow starts. Um, 
like uh, like that. But I'll give you um I'll give you an example in another league. Um, I picked up uh, Carlos Rodon uh, like two sure. days ago, um, and basically. The reason I originally picked him up is James Paxton had gotten hurt, so I had an open slot. And originally, he was supposed to start against the Royals, where I thought it was a good matchup. You know, he gets pushed back, um, and so still pitches against the Indians. Um, you know, which is also a good matchup. And obviously, you know, last night history um, <laughs> happens, and I would have been I would have been kicking myself if I like looked at Rodon and then um, and then let that go. Um, as is that my league? Um, that is, um, that's not, that's a league I play in with, uh, with college friends, um, and, uh, and all. So, uh, yeah, he's, um, not in, um, not in our league, but, um, I wish, I wish I had him in our league because I am struggling (laughs) a little bit in our league this week and it's, um, and it's bothering me. Um, I think in terms of like guys to keep an eye on, um, I talked about Giolito with the prospect pedigree before, uh, if you need a pitcher, Casey Mize on the Tigers is, uh, Former big prospect, off to a very nice start. Pitches against the um, A's this weekend, who haven't been great um, so far. Um, Yimmy Garcia, who seems like he's going to, if you're in a league that prioritizes saves, that hasn't moved to, that hasn't you know, evolved to 2021 and moved and done saves versus holds yet. Um, he's a, um, he, I think, is a really nice pickup right now. He had electric stuff mowed down like the top of the Braves order um, a couple nights ago. Um Avisale Garcia on the Brewers, if you need outfield help, with uh, Kristen Yelich a little banged up and Lorenzo Kane on the DL. He was very good with the White Sox in 2019. I think he's going to play um, a little bit more. Um, who else do I like? He's a little boring. Um, he kind of reminds me of like owning like a late career like Frank Gore in football, but like Danny Duffy on the Royals, if you're just like, you know, pitching super thin this year. So if you're just streaming starters, and especially in the AL Central where there's not a lot of great offenses, um, he's someone. So yeah, I can go, I can go on, but they're, you know, kind of a couple guys. And like my like if you're thinking about one of those guys, like just just test stuff out. Like that's kind of what the bottom of the ros- of your roster is for like early in the season as in the way I see it. Man. Yeah. I-, I won't try to use too many of those in the league that I'm in with you. So it doesn't seem like a uh, conflict of interest, but my, 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 my pen is struggling. That's awesome. Um, what about, uh, I know we talked, you, you went on the record a little bit earlier this year with some of your picks and you had, I believe you had, you had the Mets winning the NL East, right? Yeah, I did. And I know, I know on the first pod, you guys were, uh, you guys were talking, I think you had a nice, like, kind of like Mets, Braves, Phillies debate. Um, I, uh, I like, I like the Mets lineup um, a lot. You know, they don't have, uh, you know, they don't have a guy on Acuna, on Acuna's level or on like even Freeman's level, um, like you pointed out. But I think it's, um, I think it's really balanced. I've always been a big Dom Smith um, fan, I think Conforto yeah, will heat up at some point, and I think when they get some of those reinforcements in Carrasco, um, in Cindergard at some point, um, it it's an awesome division. Like nothing would shock me, but um, yeah, when I uh, you know when I put like pen to paper, go on the record, the uh, the Mets were my pick. I think ninety two and seventy with the Braves coming in at the uh, as the um, second wild card at, uh, I think with a uh, 90. Yeah, that's, that's hurtful to hear. Um, obviously <laughs> I'm not nearly as objective as drew. Some, some of my picks don't hold as much, uh, water, but I'm hoping, hoping the Phillies can sneak in there somewhere. 
you can just tell when he talks, it's very like analytical and he has very good reasons behind it. And then when the two of us talk, it's not the same. <laughs> there, it's straight passion and lunacy in, in what prodding. we say. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're definitely just hoping for the best. And he's definitely speaking with much more intelligence than no, we are. No, I trust me, I'm, uh, I'm, je- I'm, jealous of, I'm jealous of where you guys are, are coming from. <laughs> I think I've been... Uh, scarred too much i think god uh, 20 2011 i think you know broke me um a little bit emotionally <laughs> where i think a decade later i'm still uh, i'm still recovering a little bit well, well that brings us to my, my kind of my last question i think that's a good bridge is um just based on way too early reactions what are some maybe either hypothetical trades you see for teams that are that could that could happen or uh you know whatever movement i let's call it that could uh, make a significant impact. And because I didn't prepare you for this, I'll just, I, I can, I can kind of start off the one that I'm thinking about. Um, this is both for the team and for the player is I was texting Derek about this earlier. Javi Baez being traded to the angels. I just think uh, he's barely above the Mendoza right now. He's uh, you know, struggling obviously there. He had that bizarre play last week where he threw the ball <laughs> into the second or Probably third the highlight of the Cubs season <laughs> right there. <laughs> Just a brutal play. Um but he's got the ability, we know he does pre- previously. He still uh his OBP currently is 6 or his OPS I should say is 656 whereas Jose Iglesias is at 527 so you know, the angels could use that pop and then I just think that you you put Iglesias and a prospect the Cubs they continue their sort of halfway tank and, uh, and maybe Madden can fix Javi over there in LA. Yeah, I can definitely, I can definitely see that one, especially knowing that he's a free agent and you have that big crop of free agent shortstops. And I think if they, if they want to aim even higher, I think one of the biggest names to keep an eye on the deadline is going to be Trevor story with the, mm. with the Rockies. Cause I mean, if I'm him, I'm not resigning there just based on, you know, what kind of a mess they become as an organization and you figure the Rockies are going to want to, you know, get something back for them knowing they're not going to be in contention. Right. Right. That's a good the, one. The other one that, um, the other one that comes to um, mind, and this is where, this is where kind of my like Yankee, um, like just like interest comes into small play. <laughs> what a, a way to say that. Just living in New York is <laughs> I could see, I could see a guy. Now it's interesting right now. Cause I didn't think the reds were going to be very good. And it seems like they're off to a good start. I don't necessarily buy that they're truly good, but if they're not good, which a lot of people didn't think they were going to be good, I could see a guy like the Yankees. I could see the Yankees getting interested in a guy like Luis Castillo, where at some point maybe Cashman just gets like desperate to solve that like number two starter corundum, mm-hmm. which in my opinion has like cost them at least one World Series over the past couple of years, where they just haven't been able to solve that in the playoffs and in the early going, it seems like, you know, that got, could be an issue again with, you know, the way Kluber has, uh, has struggled and just some of the uncertainty there. So I can, I think that's a name to keep an eye on that. You always hear a little bit about. Yeah. It's so crazy. They let Masa walk. They finally had that one, two or seemingly one, two um, in place. And then he's in Japan, right? So kind of, kind of back in a void there appreciate you coming on and, and doing this with us. Obviously it's early in the, uh, in the show, but we, we, you know, we appreciate you jumping on with us. Taking yeah, the time. Abs- uh, absolutely. Guys. Uh, always excited to, uh, always excited to talk a, uh, a little baseball. Um, I will, uh, I will not hold it. Um, 
against you if you go uh, if you go pick up any of the guys i uh <laughs> i mentioned i play in i play in, i play in so many leagues where i'm just happy if i if i can keep track of it um if i can keep track of it all but uh i'm excited about uh, i'm excited to follow along i'm excited about uh about what you guys are doing and uh yeah appreciate that appreciate you having me on cool just yeah keep your eyes off the all hail slobodinski wave of wire for the next next couple days <laughs> you got it all right thanks, thanks Drew. Cool. So that was Drew Bayless uh, joining us with all the fantasy tips. And if you guys want to check him out, I believe his Twitter is at Drew W. Oh, no, Drew B. Bayless. I'm sorry, at Drew B. Bayless. So uh, make sure you follow him. Also, one of just more of the entertaining Twitter follows. Obviously, I'm biased. He's, he's a friend of mine. We've become, we worked at Vayner together uh, back in my Vayner days. And then uh, the Eagles um have forged our friendship more than than just a normal coworker uh relationship so really really glad that he was able to join us but any uh any takeaways tone from from drew he's smart i think (laughs) it's like i was saying before though you can tell the guys that have the analytical minds and i think it's true like what he said like to an extent it almost sometimes kind of ruins it for you because yeah you almost you lose the in the moment irrationality of being a fan right right yeah yeah so, that's where my like, don't, don't blunt- confuse me with the truth don't confuse me with the truth i want nonsense and i want to go from emotional highs to emotional lows with every single game yeah or i think you even feed more on prodding me into those emotional lows oh, specifically yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's oh, where yeah. you get so excited <laughs> um Cool. That was fun. I'm glad we got to do that. Uh, moving into our last segment here, batting third, what to watch for for the weekend. So uh, we'll probably be back on Sunday night with our with our next episode. Uh, Cubs, Braves play Sunday night baseball. Uh, hopefully we'll have some uh, some some more guests uh, on with us for that. Um, but before we get to that, a few big series to keep your eyes uh, open for the Yankees going against the Rays. Drew talked a little bit about the Yankees, but it's, you know, it's kind of moving time for them. They've, they've had this slow start. The Rays are hot. The Rays are currently losing, but, uh, but are, but are doing well on the season so far. So that's going to be a good series. We got the Dodgers and Padres out West. Uh, that should be a really great series. I obviously wish Tatis was going to be there, um, but, uh, but we'll be definitely tuning into that. And then our, our, Cubbies versus Brave series. Um, both teams sort of in the middle of the pack in their divisions. Uh, but you know, the Braves seem to be just on the cusp of getting hot and, uh, and that'll be fun for Sunday night baseball. So we'll be back for Sunday night for that, but anything else before we, uh, get out of here, just the watch party Sunday night. That should be fun. These are always fun. I've done them in other sports. I haven't done them in baseball yet. And with baseball, you have the, the downtime that we don't necessarily get in basketball where I've done it before. So I think it could be fun. Um, if you're watching this or listening to this, be sure to share this with one person. That's all we ask. We're not asking for reviews because those will, re- we just know those won't be good. No ratings, just share it with one person. Uh, and if you get some people to watch on Sunday night, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Cool. Sounds good. We'll see you on Sunday night. <laughs>